Welcome back to Cinema Adventure. We're a movie podcast where every week we sit down and have a discussion about a film. This week, we're talking about one of my favorite movies of all time, Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back. I'm your space smuggler scoundrel host, Aiden Walker. And I'm your lightsaber holding Jedi. I'm going to call myself that. Uh, Jedi Blake Peterson. Is the, it The Force is with you, young Peterson, I but you are not is... a Jedi yet. Are you sure? Obi-Wan sure. and I, we have a past. Do you? Yeah. We used to text all the time. I bet Obi-Wan is a very um, Obi- regimented texter. You know, I'm sure he, I hope so. he, he's using all the proper grammar, kind of like me when I text. Yeah, it's very stressful. Proper <laughs> grammar and texting stresses me out so much. I feel like I'm being attacked. <laughs> it's so funny because every scary. every text you send includes like a couple of numbers replacing letters Always. or words. Always. I should make my own dictionary of like things to look out for. The blake dictionary doesn't happen though until you get to know me. At first, I do the perfect grammar as well, and then, but then it starts to sneak in. But then it's like surprise! I text like a 15 year old. <laughs> <laughs> surprise! Uh-huh. I'm a maniac. Exactly. <laughs> so Star Wars: The Empire Strikes Back is the second Star Wars movie, I guess, to be released. Technically, it's the fifth in the series, (laughs) of course, because George Lucas wanted us to all be confused. Yes. It came out in 1980 and was directed by Irvin Kirshner, but was produced by George Lucas. I assume (laughs) that you've seen this movie before. I saw it. I feel like I was watching it, and I felt like I watched it recently, but I could not think of when that was. But yes, I, I have seen it before. This is a movie I watch multiple times a year. I'd imagine. It's one of yeah. favorite movies. Also, I like how we're keeping in touch with like one of my favorite picks as a sequel. Yours is a sequel. Although mm-hmm. technically yours is like, they made this point in Scream 2, part of a pre-planned trilogy. So is it really a sequel or just another chapter? It's just, mm, it's just another chapter. Mm. That sounds so fashionable. It does. Yeah. It does. I like Something that. Something like Carl Lagerfeld would say. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> when was the first time that you saw it? Probably like in elementary school. I feel like my family binged them on like a bunch of VHSs. Oh, yeah. But I've, I'm there. I mean, I think I mentioned this during the, um, what's it called? The Jedi, the Return of the Jedi, is that what it is? Or Last Jedi? The Last Jedi. There's so many Jedi. There's a lot of Jedi, yeah. I think I mentioned during that that I'm just kind of like a a casual fan. Yeah. Haven't seen the um, 90s, 2000s ones still. Right. Still don't plan on it. Yeah. (laughs) I've seen this a couple times. Here's where I'm stuck for you on watching (laughs) the prequels because I think that you would simultaneously hate them but also really love how terrible they are. Maybe. Like, I think you would really, really jive with some of the terribleness in those movies. I do really like very bad sci-fi. Yeah. 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 Just watched, like, Flash Gordon and Star Crash. Both were so bad but so good (laughs) at the same time. You know? I'm sure I would like them. Natalie's in them. Oh, Natalie. I feel so bad for her. She does a horrible job. She's like a kid, though. She's, like, younger than we are currently mm-hmm. in that. Can you imagine that, being younger than she this? She was, like, 14. Yeah. And then them just being like, oh, BT dubs, you're going to be in Star Wars. Like, that would just be overwhelming. She, she you know, she got to get older as the series went on. Yeah. But because, you know, back then when they were doing sequels, they would actually take, you know, about three, four years between them. Nowadays, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, the Avengers movie just came out. <laughs> and you only have to wait until next May to, next, to see God. the next one. And it's like, <laughs> how are they turning them around so quickly? I love it. <laughs> That's what I need. I don't like the big weights. I can't wild. imagine because I mean, New Hope and this is a three-year gap. Three That's year. wild to me, especially yeah. considering how big the, a New Hope was. I would think studios would be like, as soon as this is done with its theatrical run, let's do production. But I guess they just had to breathe for a minute. I guess so. <laughs> I guess they did. I have such a connection to this movie. I saw it for Tell the first me. time when I was 
I want to say four or five. Wow. Really young. Yeah. And we also had them on cassette, on videotape. Yeah. I saw the the original trilogy a, a ton of times, and I love all of them. But I think Empire was the one that I came back to and rewatched the most, um, just because it explores. It's so different than the first one, mm-hmm. and it's I guess it's it's a little deeper than the third one. You know, it's <laughs> it's not. It's still action packed, but it, it takes it takes some time to slow down. And I don't know, I can't explain what about it as a kid really drew me to it. But you know, now it's the fact that you get a lot more time with kind of the characters and kind of yeah. figuring out who they are, especially Han Solo. Uh huh. How many times would you say you've watched it? Do you have an estimate? Oh Jesus, um, <laughs> I would pro- probably more than fifty. Maybe wow. more than sixty. So the, just... Easily, this is the movie I've seen the most times of anything. Like this, um, this is a movie where I know before a scene will cut what the next musical cue will be. <laughs> do you know like certain lines where you're like mouthing along? Uh, I don't, I don't mouth along. I don't do that, <laughs> but I do know what's coming. Wow. Yeah. That's good. Wow. Yeah. There's, and the great thing about Empire is that I, I have to quote a friend here, my good friend Ira. I was talking to him about this movie recently and because I think I said we're going to do it on the podcast. Uh-huh. And we just started talking about the reasons why we like it. And I said, Empire Strikes Back is just a very funny movie. It has a lot of good moments. Yeah. And he said, very succinctly, he just said, Empire is all about the banter. It's true. And I think that's very true. Banter's and I think it's key. a good way yeah. to, to summarize this movie. Uh-huh. Han Solo has a lot of great lines. Yeah. I would argue everybody has great lines. I'd say Chewbacca even has some good ones in there. <laughs> just a lot of good groans. A lot of good groans. Know? And though the version I was watching, I had subtitles on, so I always do that with movies because... I don't like to miss dialogue, but every time he would do that, it would just say gah. And that was <laughs> really? every time just gah. And it was like, you know, big mood. Big I totally mood. relate gah. to that. Chewbacca, yeah. Ah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> That's great. So would you say, I mean, like comparatively to the other prequel movies, is there one that you dislike or do you, you know, like them all? Different reasons, the, I the, assume. Like the 2000s ones? The prequels? Oh, whatever, the, the whatever originals. these are considered. The originals, yes. <laughs> yes. I like all of them. Oh, I like all three good. of them. I, I would say I like Return of the Jedi the least of the yeah. three. I'd, I'd say it's Empire, A New Hope, and then Return okay. of the Jedi would gotcha. be my order. Yeah. But I don't feel like I've seen Return of the Jedi for a long time. I feel like I just saw A New Hope. I don't know. I know Jabba the Hutt's in it. Jabba the Hutt is Ewoks in it. The Ewoks are in it. Mm-hmm. Carrie Fisher's bikini's in it. That's true. But I couldn't tell you anything else. Yeah, I mean, that's a fairly good summary of the movie. And we're being kind of fun. I feel like in my mind... It's a fun movie. I don't know what... Okay, tell me this is true or not. Like New Hope and Return of the Jedi, just kind of fun, silly, and then Empire Strikes Back is kind of like the dramatic middle. Yes. Would you say that? It's okay. the dark middle chapter. And that's what I was thinking when I was like writing a review of it. Yeah, it's the dark middle one. <laughs> yeah, that's what um, I thought. Yeah, I'd say A New Hope is like, if they, they all feel kind of like different genres. Yeah. It's like A New Hope is like ultimately kind of like a dog fighting, almost yeah. World War II, like <laughs> fighter pilot movie. Yeah. Whereas Empire is more of like a samurai movie kind mm, of that feel yeah. and then uh return of the jedi is called like a jim henson's like the labyrinth meets oh yeah something else i don't know how to explain it and what would the other thing be i don't know just some random space opera yeah that they just pull out of a hat like, i feel like i can <laughs> right. name very many space operas dune yeah. I don't know what else besides <laughs> star wars i feel like i mean space opera is like a genre it is on wikipedia and yet, I'm just like, I can't think of any. Can't name any because when Star Wars came around and it was just so di- visually unique that mm-hmm. I think kind of any other competition for that genre yeah. was kind of just shut hard. Also, I really wish they'd make a space opera that contained the actors singing opera. That would just be too much for me. Uh, I appreciate it. It's the fifth one? element. Oh, that's true. Oh, my God. Speaking of opera and that, this is a total tangent. <laughs> just, there's like a video of this 
singer who was able to sing the song the opera singer does in that movie perfectly. Whoa. And it's long thought to be impossible because the vocal transitions are huge. So like a human voice can't switch that rapidly. But this singer did it. It That's was amazing. Awesome. It was wild. You send me that video. I'll throw it in okay. the description. I have no idea what I would even write to look for it again. But I'll try. If you can find it. I'll try. Just take a peek can. in that description. It might be it's there. like Blue Woman Real Life. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the Google say. search query. What is it? Yeah. Do you mind if I do a plot summary? I, I actually was, wrote one down. I was actually time. just going to ask you to do one, so it's yeah. perfect timing. Okay. <laughs> so this movie takes place around two or three years after the first one. So after Luke Skywalker and the gang blow up the Death Star, the rebels are hiding out from the Empire on a planet called Hoth. They have their ugh. base there. Yeah, ugh, it's, it's so, so cold. snowy and putting Luke in animals. Ugh. <laughs> just gross. It's gross. <laughs> the rebel base is discovered by an Imperial probe droid. Luke goes to check out where he thinks a meteor hit, but it's actually the droid. And on his way to investigate, he's attacked by basically just a space yeti <laughs> called a wampa. Uh, he's taken to the cave. He's hung upside down. And while he's in there, you get to see him demonstrate his further mastery of the force. He uses the force to, to grab his lightsaber off the ground and Incredible. free himself. After he's escaped from there, he's visited by the ghost of Obi-Wan Kenobi before being rescued by Han Solo. Obi-Wan tells him he needs to go to a place called Dagobah where there is a Jedi master named Yoda yogurt <laughs> Yodi big fan <laughs> big fan there's an awkward kiss that gets exchanged between Luke and Leia uh, we don't really know why unless you've seen the rest of the movies uh, but I'm sure in 1980 people were going like mm, maybe he's going for Luke but I hope maybe he's going nah. I hope they didn't react with like a mm, yeah I, I hope not that. either that would be horrible <laughs> But uh, uh uh-oh, there's another probe droid and it found the base. The Empire's on their way, so they have to evacuate. The rebels start to leave and the Empire shows up with uh, big AT-AT walkers that look like dogs. They're just like big. Those are so worthless. I feel like that's the dumbest contraption you could possibly make. They're slow and like are easily (laughs) taken down. Like whoever designed that, I'm sorry, you're not a good designer but they are cool. engineer they, they are, are very cool. cool they're very cool they're like metallic elephants or something they are yeah they're they really killed cool. it so the rebels barely escape and that's act one wow in space <laughs> luke is on his way to go to dagobah he goes off on his own kind of abandoning the rebels which is yeah. seemingly a little dubious i'd say morally it doesn't mm-hmm. seem like he gets permission to just go he just kind of leaves han and leia are evacuating with the rest of the rebels to get the heck away from the empire luke gets to dagobah and he meets Yoda, and he's not very sure <laughs> who who this little green guy is. And Yoda's also being just a little shyster. Yeah, seriously. He's like, I'm not Yoda. I'm not Yoda. And like a cooler voice than that. Well, just like a weird curve. <laughs> oh, God. That's so scary. That's menacing. Menacing. <laughs> During this time, you see Darth Vader has a conversation with a hologram of the Emperor, which is surprising because you kind of figure out in this movie that Darth Vader isn't the biggest bad out there when he's just this like looming menace in the first I one. I knew it. You knew it? No. <laughs> you knew he was, a, he was on a leash. Han and Leia stow away in an asteroid field to escape from the Empire because they're maniacs. And Leia famously says to Han, you don't have to do this to impress me, uh, uh, which is great. They stow away inside of a larger asteroid. And then, uh-oh, they find out they're actually inside of a giant yeah, space like a slug. a penis monster. It's horrible. <laughs> a weird penis it's monster. It's so gross. It's pretty gross. There's things flying inside it. Ugh. Yeah, the Minox. There's so many things in this movie that I'm just, like, disgusted by. Yeah. Just constantly. Dagobah's yes. disgusting. 
the penis monster is disgusting. Parts of Hoth are disgusting. I'm just, I was groaning yeah. so much. Space is gross. It the is The final gross. frontier. That's what I'm learning. Yeah. <laughs> Luke trains with Yoda and he learns about the Force, not before the Empire finds Han and Leia. Uh, they escape. And this movie is basically just a series of the rebels getting found and then escaping again and then basically. getting found again and then getting escaping again. Yeah. They escape from the Empire, but they are followed by a bounty hunter named Boba Fett <laughs> in a really cool looking spaceship. Luke is struggling with the Force. He crashed his spacecraft his x-wing into a swamp and he can't get it out he's struggling to use the force to pull it out after yoda asks him to he gives up and he's like it's impossible it's too hard and yoda's says no no it's not too hard you can do it you just have to believe luke doesn't believe and yoda tells him that that's why he's no good at the force and that it's not about how big you are it's about how much you you know believe that you can do it that's tea it is tea he spills it Ooh. meanwhile vader force chokes another dude after force choking another dude previously and while training, Luke has a vision of Han and Leia in peril. He decides that he's going to leave and help them. He is urged by Obi-Wan, the ghost of Obi-Wan, and Yoda to stay. Yes. Um, because <laughs> if he leaves, there's a very good chance that he will fall to the dark side because mm. he has not completed his Jedi training yet. Han and Leia arrive on the planet of Bespin to meet up with Han's old friend Lando Calrissian, played by Billy D. Williams. They arrive and something feels a little off lando double crosses them and lures han and leia into a trap and darth vader has been waiting for them the whole time vader decides he's going to use han and leia as bait to lure luke in to freeze him in metal put him in carbonite yeah. but keep him alive so that he can take luke to the emperor as like a presentation so that luke's power can be exploited uh, <laughs> for the empire darth vader decides that they're going to test the carbon chamber on han solo to see if it will keep him alive or if he'll die they freeze han he is alive, and then Han is sent off with the bounty hunter to be delivered to Jabba the Hutt. Luke uh, arrives on Cloud City, confronts <laughs> Vader. Uh, he loses a hand. Vader drops the biggest bomb in the whole movie, which is, yo, dog, I am your father. Luke yeah. yells. Vader says, we could be the best homies in the galaxy. Come with me. And Luke verbatim. says, nah, dog, verbatim. That's what he says. This is all what he's saying. Uh, Luke says, no, thank you. And he jumps off of a giant. Uh, <laughs> he jumps into a chasm because he'd rather die than be a bad boy. Such a fun escape just to jump off a thing. Just yeah, like, he's no. just like, I'm out. Nah, I won't do that. <laughs> I wish I could do that in real life. Luke actually survives the fall. Uh, that's so miraculous. He doesn't like even get injured. <laughs> He yeah. falls so far and he's just like, oh, just get in this perfect tunnel. Yeah. It's great. It's great. Luke is hanging off of this little, it's like a weather vane. And he, he calls out first for Obi-Wan for his help, but uh, receives no answer. And he calls out again for Leia. And Leia hears his call through the force and turns around in the Millennium Falcon as they're escaping. She comes back and they rescue Luke. The final shot of the movie, once they return to the rebel fleet, is of Luke getting a new robo hand. <laughs> and then them looking out at the galaxy as Lando prepares to go to rescue Han from Jabba the Hutt. Wow. And that's well, the that Empire was Strikes Back. Very comprehensive. Thank you. Kind of what I needed because I feel like every time I watch a Star Wars movie, I'm like, there's always a part of me that's like, I don't know what's going on. Even though I kind of do, I'm like, but do I really? Yeah. And I'd say that's pretty valid for this movie. It's complicated. And they cut yeah. back and forth between three stories. Mm -hmm. You're cutting back between Luke and his journey with Yoda and Han and Leia and their journey with Chewbacca and Lando Calrissian and an asteroid and Cloud City and all this stuff. And then also with Darth <laughs> Vader and what he's up to with the Empire and his search for all of them. So you get a lot of a lot content. Of yeah. A lot of hopscotching. And this was, you know, this was a thing that reviewers said in, in 1980 when it came out. People were like, there's too much going on. There's too much cutting. The pacing is weird. I yeah. don't understand what's going on. 
and I don't know. I, I feel like this movie now feels much more standard in the way that it cuts around between stories yeah. than maybe it did in 1980. Oh, yeah. No, just think about the cutting. It's like if that was a problem in 1980, like how would those reviewers, if they were to be plopped down into like the new Avengers movie, how would they feel? Because I feel like that's <laughs> like would lose triple it. the hopping. So it's like, yeah. yeah, I feel like this is definitely, we've gotten used to it. Because in general, our blockbusters now, there's so much sensory overload. And I figure in no 1980, kidding. there really wasn't a anything like at the size of star wars like that was kind of i don't know if this is true i kind of feel like it is <laughs> but i just think that was kind of what kicked off the all the huge blockbuster movies because it showed that it, you know it was like very possible to do that consistently make these kind of gigantic movies you know with all this plot hopping and spectacle and this kind of like idea of jumping between multiple storylines and not waiting to resolve one before you move to the next yeah. one is something that we see in like every TV show yeah. now, like in 20 minutes. Like, have you have you have you been watching Brooklyn Nine Nine at all? No, I don't I watch just, TV like at all. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I just started the show, and like that's a kind of show that's 22 minutes, uh -huh. but it will jump between three stories and resolve all of them by the end. Yeah. Same with like Seinfeld will do too. Yeah, Seinfeld you know? or like Parks and Rec. Really, any sitcom, any drama. I think yeah, it's pretty commonplace now. Yeah. So a lot of these shows you have to have big ensembles anyway to keep it interesting. So absolutely makes sense. It is crazy Absolutely. to me. I mean, this movie packs in a lot in just like, what is it, like two hours and five minutes, which is mm -hmm. pretty short compared to a lot of huge blockbusters. So yeah. I did appreciate that a lot. <laughs> yeah. Got his stuff done. This is one of the shorter Star Wars movies. Yeah. How long are the other ones in like this trilogy? Are they comparable? Um, or are they they're comparable. Yeah. I think the first one, A New Hope, I think is two hours and one minute. And then... <laughs> Wow, I don't know how a, long Return of the Jedi is, but I want to say it's the longest of the three. I'd it imagine. might be like two hours and 15 minutes or something, yeah. but yeah, yeah, that could be wrong. I believe it. I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> People have Wikipedia. Do you have a favorite character in the original trilogy of Star Wars movies? Um, I feel like, I don't even know if it's like a character, but I just love the entire rapport between Han and Leia and Chewbacca and C-3PO. Just that entire dynamic is so fun to me. Oh, yeah. And I honestly think it's hard to pick a specific favorite. Like, I think I'm biased toward Leia just because I love Carrie Fisher a lot. Oh, and she's the say, best in this movie. She's, so she's the best in Empire Strikes Back. She and Harrison are just so, they're funny because both their characters are so scrappy, but they're also kind of drawl and sarcastic. And I really like that. And it matches well. I mean, I feel like they're, I don't know if they're the same in real life, but they're both funny people. So it definitely translates well for me. So I think. Yeah. I just like spending time with him, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. I think it's interesting because Han Solo and Leia, like their personalities are really similar and that's yeah. why they're, why they, why they clash with each other yeah, so much. I think so too. I think was this the one I just read Fisher's, one of her memoirs. I don't remember if like, this is the one where, did they start having an affair during the first one or the second one? I don't remember. I'm was not it, sure. I think it was I, around they were having time. they were having, they were an, having affair an affair during the original trilogy so for that, sure. That definitely boiled over into whatever. That's always that's like an interesting thing to know because I mean she didn't really reveal they had an affair until recently. Very so recently. So it's like watching it now. It's like hmm, this uh, this chemistry. It's maybe real. Some, some real life stuff going on here. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know it's so funny as like a lifelong Star Wars fan. You know seeing now how they're incorporating things from these older movies into the newer ones yeah. and how things are inspired or taken or lifted just watching han solo again in this one the last star wars movie i watched was the last jedi and then re-watching this one they're similar movies i'd say i'd say yeah. the last jedi is most similar to empire but just seeing and thinking about adam driver's character thinking about kylo ren <laughs> thinking about ben solo God. and thinking about han solo han solo's got a really short temper 
in yeah. The Empire Strikes Back. He's really kind of a <laughs> hot-headed guy, and I think it was wise of them to kind of choose the direction that they, they did for, for Adam Driver because he yeah. definitely is channeling Ford's kind of uh, excitable <laughs> anger, you know? Yeah, no, very true. I Just in general, because I feel like I'm so much more familiar with the new ones just because, I mean, I've consistently seen those, whereas like the older ones watch sporadically, you know, still haven't seen three of them. But even like in this one, they said like, Rogue to at some point I was like oh, and then I was right. like well yeah this is like what started that <laughs> in the first yeah. place but my, no like a smart brain. as a smart naming convention for, for Rogue One it's fun stuff because clearly like these characters I guess if you're thinking about like Star Wars as like the whole story the big picture like those characters in Rogue One made like this great sacrifice uh, to help the rebellion so now they're naming their their yeah. teams after them Rogue it's Two. It's smart. I think it was. It's a. It's a good way to kind of blend this story where you have the main series of movies, and you have these stories that live on the peripheries, and kind of bringing elements mm. out of the originals to kind of flesh out the other stuff. Is I enjoy it. Yeah. At least I'm still curious, like how many of the kind of peripheral sorts of you know new Star Wars movies are going to come out? Because I mean, there's Rogue One. Now there's this Solo movie coming out. Mm-hmm. But like, how how deep are they going to dig into? Like, here are all these outliers, and here are these prequels. Like, I don't know. I, I really don't know. They really could never stop expanding. There's because there's a connection to. There's so many characters that there's just like boundless connections yeah. to other people. Something I've similar. I've heard there's a rumor going around that there's going to be an Obi Wan Kenobi movie that takes place after the prequels, but before the originals, where it's Obi Wan just on Tatooine. I don't know what he's going to be doing. And it's rumored that Stephen Daldry is going to be directing and that hmm. Ewan McGregor will be reprising his role. Uh, Ewan. Do you he, not like Ewan? Well, <laughs> recently he called himself a woke bay. And I just... No, he didn't. Really? I could be wrong, but I think I saw a headline. Everyone looked this up. <laughs> it could be photoshopped, but it was really spreading around. I kind of believe it because he's in his 40s and I feel like a 40-something you know might not realize how dorky that is it seems very it must it must have been i like, feel like jest. maybe i'll just like keep talking and okay then look it up and you'll look it up but um <laughs> what was i gonna say oh but i would definitely dig an obi-wan movie i'd like that yeah because there's so many characters that you get you know a little bit of but not as much as you want so it's kind of fun to have you know prequels to kind of add to what you already know totally yeah you know, I know that you would dislike the prequels because <gasps> on all accounts they are awful. But I imagine. But Ewan McGregor is the best part of them. Really? And he he does such a good job of evoking Alec Guinness as Obi-Wan. Like yeah. it's it's kind of ridiculous how well he does it. So that would be the best part of the prequels is is him for sure. <laughs> oh, he did Okay, so he did for sure call himself a woke bay. <laughs> I guess cuz I think someone called him that or something. I don't know. And then he was just very excited. Like, he didn't seem joking. He's like, oh, I love that. That's great. I love being a woke bay. And that's funny. wasn't joking. Grinning ear to ear, according to this Vanity Fair article. So, <laughs> you win. I don't know. Oh, that's just... Both the words woke funny. and bay make me very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. It's too much. Alternate titles for this movie that I would like to suggest... Oh, I'm ready. Um, ...are Swamp... A Star Wars story. Yeah. Gross things. The <laughs> Star Wars ep- number I agree five. With that. So and gross. And Dude, Where's My Hyperdrive? Ooh, that's fun. That's a good one, right? Let's throw in like a little Ashton Kutcher cameo somewhere. We could edit him in somehow. Can you imagine <laughs> if they had cast Ashton Kutcher oh as, as Kylo Ren? Oh my God. Is Ashton <laughs> Kutcher like alive or is he? He's busy. 
What's he doing? You know, he's got that uh, his, that charitable foundation to to stop uh, sex trafficking. Wow. He's like a very busy guy doing Ashton. that. Ashton. Yeah. He's really reinvented himself in yeah. a good way. I did not know that. Mm -hmm. I thought he was just like a husband who was delegated to appearances on Ellen, but it sounds like he's doing better than that. Oh, man. <laughs> you learn new things every day. Did you know that Ellen just turned 60? I believe it. She's been around forever. It's inevitable that she turned 60 someday. Yeah. I love well, her. Well, happy so birthday much. to Ellen from yeah, us. Happy birthday, Ellen. She paid us to say this. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I wish if I knew Ellen, I think I would just, I wouldn't even try to get like a job. I would just be like, Ellen, let me work for you or just give me some money and then it would be over. And then that would be it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just looking down my notes. My I watched this last night uh, with my girlfriend who is a, not a big Star Wars fan at uh -huh, all. Big mood. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. Same with you. And uh, she wrote, she just wrote dat wipe though in my notes because there's so many wipe transitions. That's true. Because that's what Star Wars is all I about. I love a good wipe. It's like <laughs> the iMovie thing. The iMovie <laughs> effect. There was a time where I think my website, I did like wipe transitions, but then I was like, no, too tacky. <laughs> so yeah, very tacky. Yeah. You know how The Last Jedi was very divisive and people looked for ways to criticize it that were ridiculous and made no sense. Oh, my, are there? Oh, yes, a lot. I didn't my know favorite that. one that I saw, The Last Jedi is the Star Wars movie with the fewest amount of wipe transitions. You have to have a mm. couple for tradition, Yeah, but it's, it's the one with the fewest wipes. And I saw <laughs> one person, I believe it was either on Twitter or Reddit, was like, Ryan Johnson, didn't put in nearly as many wipe transitions and there was no Wilhelm scream in this movie, the man doesn't respect Star Wars. And I was like, oh my oh, wow. God. <laughs> also, what is a Wilhelm scream? Tell me. You don't, you're like a movie guy and you don't know what the Wilhelm scream is? What is it? It's a scream. I might know it. It was, it was a scream <laughs> that was in a Western movie, I want to say in the 50s, uh, which I can't remember the name of, something River, but it's a scream that a guy makes in that movie where he goes, ah! They take <laughs> that and they have used it in tons and tons and tons of movies. It's been in every Star Wars movie except The Last Jedi. It's in like Indiana Jones. It's a, it's probably in like Lord of the Rings at some point. It's in like like every big blockbuster has the Wilhelm scream. I feel scream like in. I know what you're talking about. I have a scream in mind that I've heard a lot. You would recognize it if is it you in heard it. I feel like it's in Kill Bill. Oh, it has point. to be in Kill it Bill. It has to be in Kill Bill. It just makes sense. Yeah, mm. it might even be in Kill Bill multiple times. I'll look it up. And then I'll let you know, because I yeah. feel like I do. I just don't know the name. It's a classic. I know it's like a James Blake song, but I just thought that was like his thing. I guess not. Guess not. Guess not. He you, did, you've he been just, educated now. He appropriated that title for his own work. Yeah. How dare he? How dare he? And there's no screaming in that song, so he really lied. Yeah. He's a what fraud. What a liar. <laughs> So, Blake, why don't we take a little uh, stop here in our ramblings and you hit me with some fun facts. Okay, there's a lot of fun facts that are online. So I had to just kind of, I think there was a point where I just was like, okay, I'm not scrolling anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious. I feel like I'm going to know most of them, but I want oh I want there to be I'm some nervous. surprises. I'm going to be like speaking. You're just going to be like mouthing along because you just, you know, the, <laughs> even the line of the trivia. Yes, I can hear the music coming. I know what the next <laughs> cue is going to be. You're about to hear Wilhelm scream. Fun fact number one, the shots where Luke uses his Jedi powers to retrieve his lightsaber from a distance were achieved by having Mark Hamill throw the lightsaber away and then running the film in reverse. Did you know that? I did know that. I knew it. <laughs> I didn't know that. So I was like, wow, 
creative. Yeah. <laughs> Low budget. Hamill had to bang his head 16 times on the ceiling of Yoda's hut before Irvin Kirshner was satisfied. Oh, that's very funny. I did not know I love know that. that. There you go. I like how this has also become like, does Aiden know it or not? It's almost like a game. <laughs> we should add this some, is a fun game. some additional fun music at the beginning for that. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I just, it's so funny because Yoda is so known for using his cane to kind of smack Yoda, <laughs> to smack Luke. Yeah. That for him to have to smack his head in real life 16 times is, is yeah. good. How tall is that cane? I feel like it'd be like the size of a ruler because Yoda it's probably obviously like not tall. So Ooh, You know what? It is. It's like a foot and a couple inches because I've seen really? that cane in real life. Wow. You see a lot of things in real life. They, uh, yes, I have. Thank movies. you very much. <laughs> they, they had the cane on display at the uh, Cinerama downtown. Oh, when I went okay. to see The Force Awakens there, they had a Star Wars display. They had like a TIE fighter. They had the Darth Vader suit from The Empire Strikes Back. I will post these pictures on Twitter and then wow. I will put a link to that in the description. This is a recurring theme. I've yeah. never seen anything in real life because I don't exist. So <laughs> Blake is a spectral force and <laughs> yeah. I'm all alone in the studio. <laughs> like, like time, I do not exist. It's just a concept it that was made up by the government. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, Welcome to Cinema Adventure. We are a conspiracy podcast about great. time not being real and Let's the government started. constructing it. I have lots of conspiracies Let's I go, can unleash. <laughs> Next fun fact, Fisher stood on a box for a lot of her scenes with Harrison Ford because it's a foot high difference. She's 5'1", he's 6'1". So. I'm the same height as Harrison Ford. I thought you were going to say Carrie Fisher. I'm like, that's definitely not true. <laughs> I may be the same height as Carrie Fisher, but not believable for you at all. No, no. <laughs> with the exception of being sucked out of a Cloud City window, Hamill did all of his own stunts. Did you know that? That's awesome. Wait, that, wait that's really cool. Good for him. Because I know that hard. at the scene when he uses the zip line to go up onto the walker and like cut it open, yeah. they had him connected to a harness and they like used a helicopter oh to, my to God. make him fly through the air. That's so terrifying. If, if he did that in real life, then that's pretty cool. If I were an actor, I'd be like, that's too scary now. <laughs> yeah. The only only the person in Hollywood who's doing their own stunts like for real is it's like Tom, Tom Cruise. Cruise. <sighs> I think Keanu Reeves does too. I think so too. Yeah. I um, respect Cruise. Keanu Reeves I believe for it. that. I'm pumped for the stunts in the new Mission Impossible. They look sick. According yeah. to the trailer, I'm pumped. I'm ready for Tom. Man, I haven't seen any of the new Mission Impossible They're movies. so PSA, everyone listening. The new Mission Impossible movies are incredible. Are they really? They're so good. Like, That's it's wild. insane how good. Like, I watched them. I'm like, how did they do this? This is crazy. <laughs> you were charmed. It. Tom kills it every time. He's so great. I will have to check them out. Scientology I do, freaks I, me out, but Tom, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he does it all. I do like a good action movie. Oh, my God. So uh, I'll have to yeah, check those Ghost out. Ghost Protocol onward is just like masterpiece. Isn't Simon Pegg in them, too? He is in them, yeah. I like him. He's like a little British sidekick, as usual. It's good. like, lie me, Tom. That's dangerous. <laughs> That's him. All right, What's where next? was I? I want to keep this game going. I love this I game. I love just like reading. The, everyone, these are from IMDb. I'm not claiming that I wrote these. This is just copy and pasted. So George Lucas was so impressed by Frank Oz's performance as Yoda that he spent thousands of dollars on an advertising campaign to try to get him an Oscar nomination. <laughs> His campaign failed, obviously, because, you know, he's a puppeteer, so it's not really acting. It's just, like, really good voice and hand and other thing work. And I guess, like, Lucas was really upset, and he was mad about it, whereas, like, Oz, like, didn't care whatsoever. Yeah. He was like, George, it's fine. We've mentioned this, I think, on the last couple episodes. Frank Oz, that guy's really active on Twitter right yeah, now. Yeah, is it, like, sudden? Uh, did he just make Because I feel like I feel everyone's like he just joined. asking him questions, and he's like... He's answering all yeah, of them. Yeah, it's like, here's the thing. This is what really happened on the Muppets Take Manhattan, in case you all wanted to know. And it's like, wasn't asking, but I'll, I'll listen. 
It's wild. I love it. Yeah. I need more of these. I saw him tweet you know, today. Celebrities. He tweeted today and he was like, uh, I, I've answered a bunch of questions, everybody, and I'm exhausted. I'm going to leave for like three days and then I'll be back. Three days. <laughs> I can take a Twitter break. I cannot live without a Frank Oz tweet for three days. I think you'll be okay. There was a before I don't think time. so. I think I'm just going to be falling apart. What's the next fact? <laughs> so eager. Wait, did you say you knew the Frank Oz thing? I did not know that yeah, one. I know that. Great. I did not know. Love it. During the filming of The Battle of Hoth, also I hate Hoth. The <laughs> Too cold. I'm just going to throw in things I hate while I'm doing these facts. <laughs> uh, the Echo Base troops were actually Norwegian mountain rescue skiers in exchange for their participation in the film... Uh, Lucasfilm made a donation to the Norwegian Red Cross. I didn't know that either, and I wow. love that. So heartwarming. I That's love. great. Do you think they would have been like, you should donate to that, also pay us real money? Yeah, shout out to money. the one Echo Base soldier background actor who like yells something incomprehensible who has like <laughs> the worst facial hair of all time. Really? I need to yeah, go back and look. love that guy. Is it worst as in like it's patchy or it's just there's too much of it? It's kind of like a handlebar. Oh, but it looks no. like it was measured with like a ruler. Handlebars are never a good idea. <laughs> That's another PSA. If you're thinking about growing a handlebar mustache, please stop yourself. You're going to regret it immediately. Okay, next fact. <laughs> <laughs> it's an advice show as well. We're just hitting all the, covering all the ground we can. Darth Vader sarcastically inviting Han to dinner is the only time in all the Star Wars movies that they interact in that sort of manner kind of a one-to-one -one sort of thing han solo and darth vader yes did you i bet to prove it wrong or speaks directly to han i should say no that sounds right mm. sad do you think han ever gets bummed about that he's like a man i wish i wait, wish I, I knew my kid's granddad yeah as darth would i refer to him as darth as darth like a title like captain it's, a, it's a, yeah exactly Damn. so i can be like, like darth title that's like too much of like a pet name then because if you called someone captain it's like kind of funny yeah so vader George Lucas initially called this the worst Star Wars movie uh, and apologized for its existence, but then changed his mind after people started saying that it was, like, the best in the trilogy. So that's interesting. I wonder why he didn't like it. I didn't really look into it. George Lucas is an interesting dude, and he yeah. has done all these special additions to amend things that he doesn't like uh -huh. about each of the movies. But interestingly, of the special editions, Empire is the one that has been altered the least. Really? Over the years. Hmm. Yes. So... Wow. That's a consolation. I feel like Lucas in my mind is like a maniac. I could be wrong. But Total maniac. I just, I don't know why. I just picture him like sitting on, sitting in a dark room. There's smoke everywhere and he's just sitting on a pile of money smoking a cigar. That's what I picture. And, and then he's you, wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Yeah. And then you like open the door and then he just ominously is like, come in. That's what I think he's doing. But I could be, that's probably wrong. But yeah. I'm going to think that. The sound of Darth Vader's shuttle door opening is reportedly... A recording of a whole block of Alcatraz cell doors slamming shut. That's cool. Hmm. I wouldn't be surprised. The sound designer for the Star Wars movies, Ben Burt, was like a pioneer. And all of the sounds that he made are so interesting. Yeah. Like the lightsaber noises he achieved with like a microphone, do, like getting feedback from a speaker hmm. and him moving it closer and further to get the oh, wow. kind of noises. Uh, my favorite one, though, from him is the TIE fighter noise. Uh, like the, you know, the like through space like that noise i'm just gonna make all these disgusting noises into yeah, the, in the microphone I don't that noise is a blend of the sounds of a car uh like screeching across wet pavement wow. with the sound of a baby elephant um making that like elephant noise wow those two sounds blended together as the type such an innovator sound. yeah really would cool have been stuff. cooler though this alcatraz if like it turned out like the bird man of alcatraz was the sound designer but I guess it was like an actual sound designer. So it's an actual man. I'm glad they got an actual sound designer. I am too. I'm sure they wanted that. 
Um, Hamill's wife gave birth to their first son, parentheses, Nathan, early one morning, and Mark went straight from the hospital to shooting, and that day is when they filmed the shots of him climbing out of his snow speeder before it crashed into the Imperial Walker, and I guess Hamill broke his thumb during that. So, oh. quite an eventful day for him. I'm sure. Son being born, thumb broken. Also, that can't feel good to have your thumb be broken. No. A thumb is also so useful. Like, how would he... Hopefully, it was like his, the one he doesn't write with. If not, effed. It's okay. It's been a long time now. I'm sure his thumb is fine. Is it? Yeah. Does he even have a thumb? You know, I don't know. He does have one robo hand. Exactly. We can't trust what's going on with Mark Hamill's hands. We don't know for sure. (laughs) No, Um, we can't. (laughs) Kirshner decided that for this movie, members of the Rebel Alliance would speak with American accents while Imperial officers would speak with British accents to make the story stay in line with the American Revolution. But kind of that was a nightmare because most of the people that were in um, the Rebel Alliance or the actors who played them were like British. So it was just like not practical at all. Just everyone had to change their accent. (laughs) Lighting for the special effects scenes in space was so severe that a lot of models that were made of meltable, is that a word? Meltable? I don't think it is. Material melted. That's But you didn't see that coming. I know. Tragic. Have you seen any of the behind-the-scenes stuff for how they achieved, like, the spaceships? I have not. Oh, it's sign, so cool. Only, like, behind-the-scenes things I've seen is, like, there's a picture of Irvin Kirshner with, like, some of the, like, puppets on this movie with, like, the Muppets. Seems like the Muppets came to the set, which it's, like, yeah. okay. Well, yeah, because Jim Henson made Yoda. Yeah, but also yeah. just, like, brought all his puppets at the same time. Yeah, it's they, like, okay, Jim. They needed to come along. They had to see. Can you imagine? Listen, like, the Mu- we have established this. The Gray Muppet Caper was a documentary. The Muppets are real. They are and they real. wanted to go to the set. I can't blame them. They're celebrities. Really can't. They got to have that also, access. Like, it's so funny thinking about that because if, like, just a regular person were, were to, like, come to, like, a dinner party, like, can I bring puppets? It'd be like, are you okay? But, like, with Jim Henson, it's like, yes. Please. Please bring your frog puppet. We, we love need. <laughs> Please bring your we frog. We need puppet. it. Bring that wonderful frog we and need his it so and bad. his pig wife. Oh God, it's too much. <laughs> all right, is that the facts? Those were all the. F- There's so many more. I barely even scratched the surface. Oh yeah, I'm sure that you was. Forever, imagine an ever, iceberg. Ever. What I just offered you was just the tip of it. Wow, <laughs> I could read Star Wars facts forever. I'm endlessly entertained, I'm sure you're knowledgeable, yeah. even by the most boring one. Like. Here's the most boring one I know for this one right here. The model that they used for the Millennium Falcon in The Empire Strikes Back is much smaller than the one that they used in the original because <laughs> they had to make it fly around and do crazier stuff. Oh. And they couldn't manage it with a big, big model. I like, that's impressive. I don't think that's boring. Mm. Is there a more boring one? Like, George Lucas doesn't like ice in his Diet Coke. Like, that'd be... A, <laughs> that sounds right. That'd be a little more blasé. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> correct. <laughs> what if it were correct? And then Lucas calls me. He's like, I'm suing you. You never know. You're sued. <laughs> You're canceled. Yeah. And blocked. <laughs> canceled and blocked. I have a lot of just quotes written down really? for some reason. Yeah. Just let, let, let's talk about the differences between the Empire and the Rebellion, because you mentioned okay. them speaking with English accents versus American accents. One of my favorite things about this movie is that there are good guys and there's bad guys. True. And it's pretty easy to tell the difference. And what I enjoy about the new sequels, the sequel trilogy now with like The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi is that that line is a little bit more blurred. Mm-hmm. Good people are making bad decisions. Bad people are making good decisions. But the aesthetic differences is what I'm most interested in. For instance, the Rebellion is this kind of like dirty ragtag. They've got this banged up kind of look. The word I'd like, I like to describe them with is weathered. 
Like mm. it looks like everything's been painted, but some of the paint has kind of chipped off. You can see yeah. the metal underneath or all the helmets that the pilots are wearing have these oil stains on them from doing maintenance work. Mm. They look very cobbled together, whereas the Empire is like very uh, straight laced. They're all, everything's clean and shiny and they're organized and everything has like code and they're, they do everything to a T. So that's just, that's just fun to have those yeah. little differences. And <laughs> It's always so obvious when you cut away and it's the Empire. You're like, okay, we're with the bad guys now. There's no question as to where you are in the yeah, story. That's a good I observation. I did I not love that. notice. I'm very unobservant in terms of these like big movies. I'm just like, oh, look at this action. It's crazy. It probably helps <laughs> that I've seen it like 60 times. That's true. Maybe if I watch it 60 times, I'll also be like, did you notice when um, Carrie Fisher breathes in that scene? It was really weird. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess I just have a couple of just like interesting observations that I wanted to throw out because I feel like I always notice new things when I watch this movie. Darth Vader force chokes out a couple of people in this movie. <laughs> a couple couple of people who work for him just after they've failed him in some way. Usually they've let the rebels escape or, well, that's, that's actually the only reason he'll do it. <laughs> if the rebels get away, you die. At the very end of the movie after it seems like all hope is lost, Luke has lost his hand, Lando and Leia show up at the last minute to save Luke on the Falcon. They try to jump into hyperspace and guess what? Dude, where's my hyperdrive? It's busted. (laughs) They're able to fix it at the last moment because R2 is a genius and they jump into hyperspace and you get this reaction shot from Darth Vader on a Star Destroyer planning on following the, the Millennium Falcon and he turns around and he just silently walks towards the camera. Now, I love this because Darth Vader is this kind of loose cannon, very powerful, terrifying character who it's been established likes to force choke people. (laughs) But this escape is so devastating to him that he is completely silent and he doesn't force choke a dude. Wow. I think that speaks volumes about kind of his mentality. I don't know. I I think Darth Vader is a very interesting character. Yeah. I like those connections between like something happens and whether or not he force chokes someone. Yes. Think of that. An insight. An insight. An yes. insight into his... A critic. The way his mind works. Yes. <laughs> I love I love the term force choke. It's just... It's great. It's a lot. It's so I dramatic. will argue that the greatest force choke in the series is Kylo Ren force choking uh, Admiral Hux in The Last Jedi and making an angry I'm face at him. to think about it. It's right after Snoke gets chopped in half. Oh, yeah. I Wait. love that scene. Wait, who did he choke again? Was it... Uh, Donald Gleason. Okay, I got it. I'm trying. He like wrinkles his face all up. He's like, (laughs) "The supreme leader is dead." There's just so much like Star Wars information. I'm like, it's overwhelming. Who's choking? Really a lot. (laughs) Who's choking? I don't know. (laughs) What's happening? Who's been choked? Who has it? I wanted to talk a little bit about banter, so I wrote down some quotes (laughs) that I love. Like an article title. Like I'd like to talk a little bit about banter. I'd like to talk a little bit about. (laughs) I'd like to talk about banter. Uh, Specifically, things that Han Solo says Um, when they're running to get on the Millennium Falcon to escape from Hoth. C3PO, of course, is an anxious mess and is taking his sweet time <laughs> and Han Solo turns around and he yells at C-3PO he says hurry up Goldenrod or you're going to be a permanent resident oh that's so good that's very good <laughs> when Han Solo is about to take off into the asteroid field to evade the Empire they're all like you're not seriously going into an asteroid field and Leia just looks somber and she's almost looking she's just looking straight ahead and she just says you don't have to do this to impress me <laughs> Which is great. Yoda has a good uh, good line when Luke shows up and Yoda's trying to take his little flashlight. Luke is like, I need that. I need I need that flashlight to get out of this slimy mud hole. And Yoda says, mud hole? Slimy? My home this is. <laughs> uh, which is a, a line that I absolutely <laughs> adore. And then 
There's another really good one that C-3PO has because he's just full of good lines. R2, when he's fixing the hyperdrive on the Millennium Falcon, uh, beeps away at, at C-3PO. C-3PO says, how did you learn how to do this? And R2 beeps and he says, you talked to the city's computer on Bespin? And he's like, beep, 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 beep. And he says, R2, you know not to trust strange computers. <laughs> what language is he speaking? R2? Yeah, is it just Morse code, but like beeping? Like, I don't, everyone's just like knows this language. It's like, what is it called? What is Where, it called? Do they have to take a class to like become fluent? Like I need to know. This is what my girlfriend says every time we watch a Star Wars <laughs> movie is she says she can't stand that everybody can understand what the heck R2-D2 and <laughs> Chewbacca are saying. She's like, how do they know? Yeah. It doesn't, I don't, she, she doesn't like it. It's I like, understand. I, I feel it. like it's like the wild thornberries, except we never get to see like Eliza's perspective. It's just like everyone who doesn't talk to animals. It's just like Eliza, like we don't know what they're saying, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's that vibe. I agree. <laughs> It's like into parcel tongue or something. Parcel tongue. <laughs> but see, there's an explanation. If we just had like robo tongue, then it would explain so robo much. Robo tongue. And they just have the gift of robo tongue and uh, <laughs> Chewbacca. I don't know what that would be called either. Robo tongue is very good. I like I'm that. I'm a big fan of robo tongue. I'm going to trademark that. You before should. Someone can you take should. it. <laughs> It's funny. I actually just, I don't know why I wrote this. I, after, at the scene when Luke is getting the new, the robot hand, I just wrote robo hand. And then for Ooh. some reason I circled the word robo. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. As if that was very important. I guess thematically it's important, right? Luke yeah. learns that he's Darth Vader's son in this movie. And then he is replaced with these robotic parts. Yes. Um, which comes back in Return of the Jedi in a mm. very intense way. Yes. And I'm a big fan. I feel like all I wrote in regards to that was just like Luke's arm flopped. And that was it. <laughs> it flopped. I didn't even write like the follow up. Like his hands cool. It's just like it flopped. That's it. Even though he screams, like his reaction is still like too nonchalant. <laughs> it's just like his hand gets cut off, and it's just like, ah. Yeah. I feel like I would just. That's when I would jump off. Like he does. It's <laughs> like you cut off my hand. Bye. <laughs> you cut off my this hand. is clearly out of here. This is clearly not a civil fight. If you're gonna cut my hand off like that. No, you maniac. Also, where's the blood? I wanted like some Tarantino blood there. Okay, here's the thing, Blake. Is it too clean of a cut? The thing about lightsabers is that they're made of plasma, so they're very hot. And oh, if you so get the your hand like, cut off, I'm not. it cauterizes the wound. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. Damn. I just thought they were like, we got to get this PG rating so we can't have any blood. Ah. Wow. Well, I mean, when this movie was coming out in 1980, PG was like true. deal. Like boobs in PG and like lots of violence. So mm -hmm. that's true. Parental guidance is very broad. Yeah. I've been, my family's been burned a lot by... PG from like the 80s. You People can get think, burned. It's oh, it's fine. Not at not all. Not fine. No. <laughs> no, get ready. Good for PG-13 for making an entrance later on. <laughs> yeah, good for we them. We needed her. And what's the, what's the deal nowadays? With PG, they can drop an F-bomb now in the PG-13. In PG? In PG-13. I was going to say, like, what PG has an F-bomb? Yeah, it's like, what? You can only do one. You get one. But two are. Does that exactly. apply to like that? This is so random. But like that Judy Dench movie, Philomena, or Philomena, I don't know how you say it. Like, there's nothing, but there's, like, maybe two F-words, so it's R. It's, like, it's this, it's like, sweet story of this, like, woman trying to find her lost child. It's so sweet, but there's two F-bombs, so it's R. It's, like, don't make this movie seem hardcore. It's not. <laughs> it's all lies. Don't lie. Yeah, don't lie to us, the MPAA. <laughs> yeah, come on. Don't do that. <laughs> do you have any more notes? Well. I feel like I have so many complaints on mine. They're just so dumb. Do you really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, have we heard all of them already? What did I say? I know you don't like the Tauntauns at the beginning. The what? The 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 horses that they're riding on yes, Hoth. I don't. Oh yeah, because I texted you that. I'm like, yeah. how did you know? Oh my <laughs> god, it's like Raven Baxter. Yeah, that was one. Um, I don't like the diaper thing that he has to wear. Ugh. Oh, in the back to tank. Awful. Yeah, that's gross. Terrible. 
I do not. Oh, I wrote this in all caps. I do not like when Luke and Leia kiss, but I think it's just because I know why that's mm-hmm. bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like it either. <laughs> I I did say that I was a huge fan of how all Darth Vader's minions are kind of like Weasley and like weak and lame. So that's cool. Yes. I don't like the, oh, the Yoda planet. I just said smog rainforest thing. So cool. It's his home. I like. Okay. Don't talk about it that way. <laughs> I love R2-D2 screams. I Me would, too. They're so good. I, I'm I not going to do it into the mic because it'll, oh, it'll sh- it will shatter the sound barrier. I do a very good R2 scream. Oh, very boy. accurate. I don't think I want to hear him too No, I, I'm not going to do it'll it. It'll be like just one of those things that I'll just know about but never mm-hmm. actually experience. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I hate Minox. Yeah. I actually looked it up. They're gross, because aren't they? Because I want to know how to spell it correctly. When it like, puts its little sucker on the window and you can Not see like fan. the white like saliva yeah. in there, it's I gross. I remember being a kid and like screaming. Because so, like, it it. it's a legitimate jump scare. Yeah. That scene is it's scary. Quite, I would... I feel like Leia also is just like, uh, bro, there's like something here. She I does like a really good scream. I would have turned into window. stone. Like I couldn't even run to Harrison. <laughs> like I would just be dead right there. <laughs> You'd I be think. dead. That'd be it. Yeah. Ooh. I also like the line, <laughs> I guess, to like your banter thing when like Leia says... I love you, and he's like, I know. Oh, classic. yes. That's classic. It was improvised. Really? Yes. So they just said, like, don't say anything, and she just yeah. threw it out there. Now, I'm going to pardon, pardon my swear here, but um, I'm going to do gonna a say? swear. Uh, there's <laughs> a really, really great line from Harrison Ford because, you know, George Lucas is like a really good idea man, like comes mm-hmm. up with these interesting stories, but he's not an excellent writer by any means. Like oh, his yeah. dialogue is not very great. Um, <laughs> especially, like, you know, A New Hope is a fun movie, but it's not very strong dialogue. Um, <laughs> I don't remember. I, it, I must have been on A New Hope because that was the one that George was directing it. It's a great quote from Harrison Ford where he says, George, you can write this shit, but you can't say it. <laughs> that's true. So yeah, that's very that's so Harrison good to got know. to got to do some improvising because he'd stand up for, for himself good. and his acting um, abilities. Wow, I wish I had Harrison's confidence. To, like, can you imagine like telling your boss that? Because <laughs> that's no. basically what George is just like you're a bad writer. Like I can't imagine that. Like what would I say to my boss? I would never say something like that. Uh, right. Speaking of Han Solo and. Spoiler alert, we're going to talk about the Han Solo movie next week. Oh, my God. We're doing two Star Wars in a row, which is a lot. Damn. Um, Lucas paid us. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to say, just Han Solo's character in this movie is interesting to me. I yeah. He's kind of rude. I love it. It's a mood. <laughs> it is a, it's a very big mood. The way that I read Han Solo's character is that he's this scoundrel. He's kind of been on his loan. On, on on his loan. He's been <laughs> he's been on his own. I mean, he's been with Chewbacca, but he's kind of been scrapping for himself, kind of, I would imagine, kind of barely getting by. He doesn't seem like he's really able to trust yeah. anybody. Uh, he's very cynical. I don't know if he's always been that way, you know, and I want to know why he is that way. So I just think for, for next week when we're talking about the Han Solo movie, that's like my biggest question is, yeah. why is Han Solo so mean and why is we'll he out. such a cynical guy? And I think that if they don't dive into that in this Han Solo movie, they'll admit a huge mistake. We'll find out. We'll see how sassy. What's his name? Alden. Alden Aaron. Oh, I really. The way I was gonna say it was so incorrect. I think he's gonna be good. I was gonna say like Alden Aaron Rick. Like it was so <laughs> wrong. Very off. He I'll, was, I'll figure it out. He was good in Hail Caesar. He was so good in Hail Caesar. Very funny. So I have faith in him. I think if more people saw Hail Caesar, then they'd have faith in him. But like, I feel like no one saw that. So everyone's like, "This is a flight risk," and it's like, it's really not. True. He knows what he's doing. Exactly. Hopefully, because he was in that really bad Warren Beatty movie. So, but wasn't bad in that. I saw a really good tweet that I thought About you would him? enjoy. No, just related to this movie um, mm. that I think you would enjoy. It was uh, a quote from Darth Vader from the first Star Wars, 
uh, where he's talking about the, the Death Star and he says, the power to destroy a planet is insignificant next to the power of the Force. And then the next time you see Darth Vader using the Force in this movie, he's using it to throw space garbage at his son. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love the term space garbage. Yes. I was going to call it regular garbage space garbage. I think it's more fun that way. Yes. Also, I guess you would know this because you know the Star Wars stuff better than me. So, like, Carrie Fisher says nerf herder. Do we ever see a nerf? We don't at any point? see a nerf at any Damn, point. Damn, so no super soakers. That's Mm-mm. sad. We might see some nerfs in the Han Solo movie. I hope so. We'll find out. Why are they... I mean, herder brings to mind, like, you know... Like a farmer. Like a farmer with some sheep. So we're just going to like some sheep with like a weird tongue. Like what are we getting? <laughs> Blake's prediction. A nerf is a sheep with a weird tongue. Well, let's find out. What if that's exactly what it is? I would it's guess it's liter- more of like a bison. That'd be my guess. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I would love it if it was just like a sheep with a weird tongue. Sheep and then like it has like a nine foot tongue. That'd be great. That seems Star Wars-y and I don't know. It does. <laughs> it does. Well, we've been going for about an hour. Wow. Do you have anything else that you are burning to talk about? No. No. I said that sometimes Darth Vader's accent's inconsistent, but that's it. Yeah, that's fair. I feel like sometimes it's British, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it is a little Maybe bit. Maybe I was imagining things. Is it James Earl Jones that did it the It is voice? James Earl Jones. So he was just feeling, you know, feeling trying everything out. sassy. Yeah. Yeah. He can do whatever he wants. Well, I think that brings <laughs> us to the end. Why don't we do final thoughts and then we will wrap up here. Final thoughts. I really enjoy Empire Strikes Back. I don't know if I'm to the level of a lot of Star Wars fans being like, this is the best. Because I feel like, personally, it's the best when you're kind of watching it with, like, A New Hope and Return of the Jedi kind of back-to-back. I feel like when it's standalone, it's a little bit weaker. And for me, if you're really going to be truly great, you've got to be, like, great alone. I feel like this is better when it's, you know, with them kind of watched in close proximity. But I still think I really like it a lot. There's a lot of great stuff, a lot of pivotal stuff to the Star Wars universe. So always appreciate that. It's good. I agree. I, I love this movie. Uh, this is definitely my favorite of the Star Wars movies, but uh, I, I have to, I'm with you there. Like it is, it is strongest if you're watching it like yeah. with the other movies for sure. What I love about it is that it, it kind of diverts away from from what happens in the original. You get this kind of tease of the force in the original, but this yeah. one you get to dive in and you get to explore kind of like more about how it works and you learn. Yeah. And Yoda explains, you know, it's it's all about like how much you believe in it. And he kind of talks about the differences between the dark side and the light side and how you can become really powerful using the dark side, but it's easier and it's faster. Uh, and it's all about using your passion and your emotion, but the, the light side is more about restraint and being able to um, be selfless. But I, I love I love that it, it takes a more of a foray into the fantasy element yeah. than it does into kind of the sci-fi element. Again, I love the jokes. I think this is a very funny movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Great band. The, the, and a, movies like this where it's like, it's a dark middle chapter. It needs that levity to be successful. Mm-hmm. We talked about that's what makes this new Avengers movie successful. Like, it's very dark, but it's also very funny. And I think if it wasn't funny, it would have been just like, it oh, been miserable. Man, this is awful. It would have been miserable. It would have been like Dark Knight Rises level. Oh, we yeah. We don't want that. that. No, we do not. <laughs> we do not want that. I also have to say just like as a like at a very basic level I love this movie because I love the Millennium Falcon. I just love that ship in general mm-hmm. and they spend a lot of time on it and they really establish the whole joke about the ship being a piece of junk and that carries <laughs> through into the new trilogy. I'm sure it will carry through into this Han Solo movie. There's maybe, just a lot to love here. Yeah. Maybe it'll be like pristine in the new one. So like they won't it say is it's going a piece to of be. junk. So it's going to be like, man, look at this tight ship. Damn. Have you seen the trailers? No, I never watched trailers. Oh, I <laughs> won't tell I you that. I won't tell you. I won't say anything then. I'm ready. I'm yeah. so. Unpre- I don't know what's going on. I know Donald Glover's in it. He's yeah. And Amelia Clark. 
Yes. And that guy with a fancy name, but not a lot else. So, a, oh, Alton Ehrenreich? Yes. He sounds like an aristocrat. He does. Or something from like Luxembourg. True. Yeah. True, he it's does. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we almost had a jinx there. We almost that did. That was so close. Well, if you want to hear more of us talking about movies, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you download podcasts. You can also find us on our website at uwpodcast.com where you'll find other shows like Home Plates and Pillow Talk and Between the Culture, which is brand new and very fun, uh, and all sorts of other stuff. Follow us on Twitter at The Filmcast. You can find us on our personal accounts at Aiden Walkrow or at Blake W. Peterson. If you want to write to us to share your thoughts about the show or about a specific movie we've talked about, you can reach out to us on Twitter or shoot us an email at cinemaadventurepodcast at gmail.com. If you like the show, share it with a friend, get it out there. If you want to follow along with us, next Monday we're going to be talking about uh, Solo, a Star Wars story, which is just about to hit theaters. I'm going to go see it on Thursday. And you're going to see it with your family, right? Yes, that's the plan. Very nice. Pumped. Very pumped. Thank you for listening, and may the Force be with you. Goodbye. For more like this and other great shows covering sports, science, relationships, and the arts, visit the SoundBites website, uwpodcast.com. That's uwpodcast.com.